We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. It is that time of the year known as Hispanic Heritage Month, when the brands get pandering and the rest of us, well, actually, it's not too clear how Hispanic Heritage Month is supposed to work, whether you consider yourself Mexican, Chicano, Hispanic, Latina, Latinx. In a piece for the Los Angeles Times, Danielle Hernandez tackled this tricky month through the way a lot of young people have decided to celebrate it essentially by posting funny, ironic memes, uh, poking fun at the tropes of everyday life for Latinos in the United States. These little viral moments kind of tune out the brands after our dollars and reflect, as he writes, the state of ambivalence that we have about ourselves and that non-Latino Americans continue to have about us. Are we a people, an ethnicity, a race, a targeting category for Facebook, a linguistic heritage? Well, Let's get to the memes. Joining me today are producer Blanca Torres and The Times' Danielle Hernandez, who, whose column uh, is titled Hispanic Heritage Month, is a meme now. Welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah. Good morning. So first, let's get to the context uh, for these memes, which is the corporate pandering. Uh, and we have a, a cut <laughs> of uh, one particular <laughs> uh, video like this. Hola, it's Salida Gomez, wishing you a happy Hispanic Heritage Month. What family traditions will you be honoring this month? (laughs) (laughs) Just one of many dead-eyed, dead-voiced hostage videos recorded by uh, quote-unquote Hispanic celebrities. Um, What do you, when you see something like that, when you see or hear something like that, Danielle, like what are you thinking about? Well, it's very clearly, as you said, a corporate pandering. I think that there is no rolling any of this movement back, but it's very interesting when people say happy. It's like, what are we actually celebrating here? (laughs) This isn't like a religious or national ritual of any kind. It's just someone's idea decades ago to try to honor or somehow elevate very briefly this very large, weird, diverse group, you know? Uh, Blanca, did you like quote unquote, celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month when you were growing up? Or like, how did you, did, did your family sort of even recognize this time? No. <laughs> but I mean, what you missed kind of the kicker about that, that clip of Selena Gomez, because it's an advertisement for a movie called Hotel Transylvania that really doesn't have a lot to do with Latino culture. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was kind of like sandwiching, you know, Hispanic Heritage month with you know something she's a project she's involved in right and sony pictures is trying to market and so you know for me growing up like i felt very rooted in my mexican-american identity because my parents are from mexico and um you know september 16th you know this you say this september was was a much bigger deal in my household than july 4th for example and so that was a big day you know as far as like celebration and there was this annual festival at our church where i learned 
you know, I learned ballet folklorico to like perform every year. And so that was a big thing for me. And, um, you know, obviously Hispanic Heritage Month kind of plays on a lot of the independence days from the different mm -hmm. Latin American countries, um, but, you know, stretching it out for a month. So um, I, I, I agree, like the, the adding the happy and trying to make it feel like, like a celebration of who you are when it's like, you know, like when Selena Gomez says, what traditions are you, you know, are you participating in? It's like, you know, watching Disney movies, of course. Yeah. <laughs> or just eating the food I eat all the time. Right. So I, I, one of the things that's really interesting is, you know, if you go on Twitter and you look at the hashtag happy Hispanic Heritage Month, you get all this sort of corporate stuff. But, Daniel, you wrote about the other, the all lowercase, you know, happy Hispanic Heritage Month and these <laughs> memes. Like what, what drew you to uh, writing about these uh, these funny bits? It was just so funny that I started noticing a bunch of my friends passing around. I'm talking professional people with multiple degrees passing around <laughs> some of these memes that are satirizing um, or just literally just making fun of this idea of Hispanic Heritage Month. How? By pairing that caption with just weird, very funny or kind of self-deprecating videos about some of the idiosyncrasies that exist within our cultures. The first one that really caught my eye was when there was a one, um, many of them are uh, being generated on TikTok, by the way, but they show up to me on Twitter, which is a platform that I'm mostly on. And they were showing a, a young woman dressed as uh, Selena, the singer, beating, ferociously beating a piñata of Yolanda Saldivar, her convicted killer, and all these uh, other girls egging her on. And it just said, Happy His Hispanic Heritage Month. And I was busting up laughing, you know. And sooner or later, I'm getting a bunch of these. And I just said, okay, this is obviously a trend. And someone has to market, so might as well. I let my editor know. And she said, yeah, just write about it and tell us what's going on. And and I came up with this essay about how I think it shows ultimately these memes and this re response that we have at this in our generations um, that um, we can recognize some of the humor and some of the pathos that exists in our cultures and in a lot of the tragedies and struggles that um, are a part of our cultures. Remember, a lot of our parents, long parents, my parents moved because more than likely in most all cases, they lacked enough opportunity in Mexico mm -hmm. to, to thrive and to provide for their families the way that they want to. And so we come with a lot of different kinds of baggage that maybe just a happy corporate Hispanic Heritage Month idea isn't big enough to capture, you know, and the memes are doing that. Well, and it's interesting because it's also right that the happiness is the weird aspect as you've, you know, kind of alluded to already. You know, I went back to look at sort of the original proclamation of Hispanic Heritage Week by Lyndon Johnson. And like, mm. just, just I'm going to read it to you both and just get your reactions. The people of Hispanic descent are the heirs of missionaries, captains, soldiers, and farmers who are motivated by a young spirit of adventure and a desire to settle freely in a free land. This heritage Yikes. is ours. Um, kind of leaves out all the indigenous people enslaved Africans who were brought to, uh, to, to the quote-unquote new world. Um, and I think this is one reason why this, why Happy Hispanic Heritage Month feels so cringe. I don't know. Totally. Um, I think, yeah, listening to that, uh, 
Americans or Anglo-Americans or white America has never quite figured out what to do with us, how to handle us, how to address us, where to place us in their political imaginary. And one way that they got over that was by for generations just referring to us as Spanish, which is, you know, is a way that you refer to someone who is from Spain. But anyway, a lot of people still refer to us literally as Spanish. And then the next like less cringy thing was to start calling referring to us. And again, this is terms that other groups need to identify us, right? And so Hispanic became the term because it was much more agreeable to try to relate to someone who, like Lyndon Johnson said, it was a missionary or a soldier, than a direct, you know, Taromara, a direct Misha person, uh, a direct Kumeyaay person, or any kind of mestizo that um, comes from Mexico in any way. Um, and it's just part of that uh, uh, kind of fantasy that they have about this um, romantic West, Southwest, Mexico, Spanish um, mission life that... Um, obviously prevailed when Lyndon Johnson wrote that and still does a lot today. We're talking about Hispanic Heritage Month memes with Danielle Hernandez, a reporter covering culture for the Los Angeles Times, and foreign producer Blanca Torres. What Hispanic Heritage Month memes are your favorites or what feelings does Hispanic Heritage Month bring up for you? Give us a call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch, Twitter and Facebook, post your memes there. We're at KQED Forum, or you can email your questions to forum at kqed.org. You know, Bunk, I, I, you know, this is an com- ongoing conversation. Um, should we be taking this month more seriously? What do you think? Well, I think, you know, as a personal holiday or or treating it as like some sort of personal holiday is a little odd, right? It's kind of awkward because you're like, well, I'm Hispanic all year. I'm Latino all year. So what am I supposed to like, am I supposed to do something different? Right. But I think as a community, you know, we can sort of say like, all right, this is going to be our moment then, you know, let's, let's just, you know, embrace it and, and make it, you know, something for us. If, if this is what it takes to get some recognition and some acknowledgement of our culture and our presence in the U.S., then then maybe that's a good thing, right? Yeah. It does feel like, you know, Danielle, in contrast to like Black History Month, where there are so many earnest posts by people, uh, I haven't seen, I can't think of a single earnest Hispanic Heritage Month post uh, from from anybody that I know. Mm, that's an interesting point. Um, I think it shows, to me, it would suggest that there just isn't a lot of, it hasn't permeated really in the way that, um, you know, Black History Month has. Um, the American race conversation is strictly black and white. It always has been stubbornly, no matter how much Asian and Latin American and Pacific Rim influences have changed that makeup. The way that race is discussed here is very black and white. So a lot of white liberals in Hollywood or at the celebrity level and so on really do go out of their way, as you know, to to talk about Black History Month. There's not a lot of general action from a I don't know, a um, Beyonce or a Jay-Z about Hispanic Heritage Month. For a lot of people, I've always suspected that they just see Latinos, they just see indigenous uh, American continental people as just like a sub-layer of life in the United States that is reliable and is always there. 
Um, but it is not ever really necessary necessary from their point of view, I think, from mainstream America's point of view, to truly sort of acknowledge as an equal and as a partner in the building of, of the society. And, and so um, that's really interesting and kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we had a show uh, recently that was sort of about how many Latinos have um, changed away from marking white on kind of the on the census forms into marking other um, and it's it's interesting because uh, the at least the thoughts among the scholars there were that most Latinos kind of saw themselves as a race more than an ethnicity. And you really try and get somewhere with this in your piece. Like, what does hold us together? You know, is it is it <laughs> that we're diasporic peoples? Like, what what is it that could be <laughs> this connective tissue aside from just being you know a marketing group for Univision or Facebook? This has been a huge question and a huge struggle, really, I think, even in how um, governments to corporations, to companies, to media companies even understand what they're dealing with. Is, are we a race or are we just a jamble of ethnicities? Um, and at the end of the day, I think that what the Internet has done is allowed us to... Um, maintain a very fast, easy, and fertile connection to whatever country we're from or our parents are from. A lot of kids rely on these memes to like think about the weekend trips to the rancho in Michoacan or in Jalisco, and, and that's about it, you know. Um, we don't have the challenges of living in Michoacan or Jalisco every day, which would be the threat of drug violence, the impunity, and the vast economic inequality. So I think that we can have these kind of nostalgic connections. We might be able to share them, finally break through and reach some other people who don't have a direct cultural connection to Latin America, show them these memes and how funny they are and how funny we are, and maybe they'll, they'll get some of it, you know? Um, but it's, uh, it is kind of disheartening in some ways to think about how we haven't quite figured this out. And a lot of kind of new thinking is saying that, you know, we should really look at class um, and color and less so nationality. There are sometimes social divisions here in L.A. between Mexican Americans and Salvadoran Americans. Um, there are long historic tensions between Puerto Ricans and Mexican Americans in Chicago, between Puerto Ricans and Dominicans in New York and so on. And so. For other people, younger people, I would say that there is a need to say, well, you know, actually what we need to do is visibilize and, and elevate uh, uh, Black Latinos. Growing up for me, Black was already Latino in default to me. Um, most of America hasn't quite gone there. Most of us haven't quite gone there. And many of us actually still do identify as white, even if we're marking other race or and so on. I just did a story about how most of the decision making in television, newspapers, periodicals, uh, radio, and so on, it's all largely pretty white, white Latino. Of those who work in these industries who are Latino, most of us are white, quote. And so it's still, there's a long way to go, really. Yeah. Let's bring in Paula from San Francisco. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What an interesting subject. Um, I'm from New York City, and my parents are from Chile, and I remember when I first heard the term Hispanic to identify Latinos, I was like, why? Why do we need this label? And uh, and I've continued feeling this way all along. 
and I was talking to a Dominican in New York, and he's like, no, because that gives us a sense of identity. And I was like, no, that's a label that divides us. And I, I, we, we had this like little argument about whether these labels were a positive or a negative thing. So for some people, it's a sense of identity in the United States. For others, it's a sense of divide and conquer, I think. You know, the more we are divided, uh, the more we're looking at the other. And I feel that way about all identity politics. But what is very interesting and why we're never really, really going to be one, identify as one group, because Latin Americans are from many different cultures, countries, and uh, education level. So you can't, you'll hear a Chilean say, oh, these Latinos talking about other Latinos, like you're not <laughs> that part of that culture, you know, which is really strange. But how do you identify? In Chile, nobody calls us Hispanics. So right, right, right. you have to all of a sudden start looking at yourself from a very different perspective, not to mention that there's a lot of misinformation here on how we've been all categorized under one umbrella as la raza, Latino, Chicano. And all of a sudden, wait a minute. I remember in New York City also, I was waitressing and I tell this Italian, hey, you are a Latino because Mm. Italy is a Latin country. And he's like, no, you know what I mean? You're kind of Latino. So there's misinformation because there's only five Latin countries and they're all from uh, Europe. France, Spain, Portugal, Italy, and Romania. So we're being told here that Latinos are black and Africans and indigenous people, and that's completely uh, misinformation. Well, let's, um, Daniel, do you want to respond to that just with our last uh, minute here? Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. It's, and, and I agree in many respects. I mean, we just, it's like a loop that you, it's a chicken or egg thing almost. But I do agree that there has to be a better understanding and um, a positioning of indigenous and uh, black Latinos. But then again, there we go using the term again. So maybe the only answer is to completely obliterate these terms and then let non-Latinos figure it out on their own. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Blanca, last uh, 20 seconds. Is there anything that you'd like non-Latinos to think about a listener write or watch or listener read this month? Well, I would just say that to me, culture and community is about like inclusion and acceptance and looking for the shared connections and I've always been struck by how I connect with people from the DR or Cuba or Puerto Rico, wherever it is. And there's something that brings us together, not because we have the exact same life experience. So that's what I celebrate when I think about Hispanic or Latino or Latinx. We've been talking about Happy Hispanic Heritage Month memes with foreign producer Blanca Torres and Daniela Hernandez, reporter covering culture for the Los Angeles Times. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.